the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast with John Taylor and Shan Carr. Welcome to the Big Five O. This is episode 50 of the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast. I'm John Taylor, and I am uh, very, very pleased to welcome my friend Shan Carr, comedian extraordinaire, community activist, and cool gal. And we have some interesting new faces on uh, on the grid today. Of course, we've got Jimmy Bogle. He's of Coachella Valley Independent, the publisher and editor and chief cook and bottle washer. And we're not are, a new face at all, by the way. It's a, a new, new haircut, face. though. And we, it is. Yeah. It looks good, too. It's about time. It is indeed. <laughs> it was that one way overdue. And I, I should talk. And we have joining us a very familiar face to television viewers across the valley. Uh, you've known him from uh, Desert Living and standing in front of the weather map telling us how we're going to fry. It is Brian Gallo from NBC Palm Springs. Yay. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me on. This is uh, this is nice. This is yeah. new for me. Yeah. Yay. Well, we're excited to have you. We, you know, we fell in love with you in the whole K-Gay uh, days, and now you're... <laughs> Happily. That's no problem for me. I love you guys. You're sweet. People on Facebook last week were saying, hey, where's Brian Gallo? And there was this, uh, this feed or this, uh, you know, thing that I was, thread. Uh, com- thread, thank you, that I was commenting on. And there was this groundswell. It's like, yeah, we miss him. Yeah, he's awesome. So where have you been? What are you doing? And what's the uh, future? Well, what the, what's the future? Uh, <laughs> yeah. No hopefully, hopefully one of you can answer that for me. Um, <laughs> so... Things are good. I'm in a good place. I guess I should kind of start with that. But um, yeah, about uh, maybe about a month and a half, almost two months ago, I was furloughed from the station, as a lot of us were, um, from sales all the way to the talent side. And um, you and I, we spoke a little bit ago, and um, I was left with the impression that I'll be heading back towards the end of summer uh, when things start to get back to normal. So that's where I'm at. I'm remaining optimistic. And uh, as far as the Facebook thing, um, you know, I like to volunteer, as you guys know, and I didn't expect um, that kind of uh, reaction from people. So it was just super touching, and I'd never, it was a new emotion for me. So for, if any Good. of you guys are watching that did that, thank you so much. I love you. It was very nice. Yeah, a, a groundswell doesn't hurt. Right. And once you've won our hearts in the Valley, I've never seen such a loyal community rallying. I mean, over and over again, I've seen things flourish just because they wound up here for a minute and uh, and got all the love and support. You've earned it. You deserve it. I even just saw your Facebook page. You know, it's tricky to get a video as your, as oh, your, as profile. your profile. You have to know how. I think you can only do it on your phone or there's some <laughs> trick because I can do it sometimes. But the picture of you dancing around in front of the weather map totally turned me on. I love it. <laughs> Cheers. Thank the you. Brian Gallo weather it. map boogie. There you go. Yeah. There you go. I just want to add that I believe it's two years in a row now that you've won the best of the Coachella Valley uh, for the best local TV personality from the readers of the Independent, if that's not correct. I remember partying with you a couple times at the Copa nightclub. So yeah, yeah. um, So they need to bring you back, man. They really do. Thanks, Jimmy. I appreciate that, and I appreciate um, the awards that you've uh, handed me literally in the past couple years. Also, a new sensation, and uh, makes it all worthwhile. So thank you for mentioning that, Jimmy. That's sweet of you. My pleasure. I've got smart readers. What can I say? (laughs) Well, cheers to them. You've got smart content. What is in the newsletter at cvindependent.com in the latest edition? so much. Well, actually, um, two days ago, the Independent's been around for almost eight years. We're coming up in October. It'll be our, um, will be the eighth year anniversary, which is unbelievable to me, of our first story that we posted. We've never done an endorsement or strongly editorialized on an issue until Tuesday when we actually called on Governor Newsom to enact a statewide mask order because of you see what's going on um, with you know increasing numbers here in Riverside County yesterday we hit a high in hospitalizations we also hit a local high in hospitalizations in the Coachella Valley Um, things are not going in the right direction things aren't terrible yet but things are not going in the right direction meanwhile two other things are going on one is there's an increasing amount of science out there showing how truly effective masks are. We linked to a story about, um, there was a hairstylist in one of the states that opened really early. Um, I believe there were actually two hairstylists at this salon 
that tested positive for COVID-19 and people were very nervous because they saw dozens and dozens of clients while they were sick and not a single one of those clients Amazing. came back positive for COVID-19. And the one thing they can figure out is, well, they were wearing masks when they were doing their hair. Um, the other thing that's happening is there's this weird misplaced groundswell against masks. I believe it's seven health officers around the state have yeah. quit their jobs because the worst case in Orange County, she was receiving death threats. So uh, the independent actually called on Governor Newsom to enact a statewide mask order that if you're gonna be within six feet of people, be it inside or outside, you have to wear a mask. Um, like Palm Springs has, Cathedral City just enacted one yesterday. And um, I'm happy to report, and I'm, <laughs> I don't think it's because of the independent editorial as much as I'd like to say it was. The Sacramento Bee reported this morning that apparently he is actually considering doing a statewide mask order. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I'm not mad at that. No. COVID no. is. Well, let COVID be ticked off. Yeah. We don't yeah. care. We don't care. Um, it's so simple, and it's the it's one thing that might be able to get us through until there's an effective treatment or a vaccine, and keep things somewhat open, and you know, keep us from having to go into shutdown mode again. It, it's the only thing we can do, and well, people don't want to do it. Social it distancing is, and washing your hands, but yes, well, it's the one thing people aren't doing, and yeah. it's just insane to me. It's so simple. But now anyway, I'm off my soapbox. Thank you for listening. All right, now. <laughs> Have you guys been out and um, done some things that you haven't done in months in the past few days? Have you gone to bars or restaurants or I've made some forays out into uh, you've made what some forays foray. out into uh, out into the like bar world walking thesaurus. Um, I have not done any of those things. I've picked up a couple of meals to go, but as far as uh, getting out there, I'm still uh, laying low. It, it's it's yes. Yeah, if that's what feels right to me right now. I've got some friends inviting me to go to the casino or go get manicures and pedicures. I'm like, I'll fun with that. I'm going to hang out at home. Well, well I, I have I, these two boys over. Actually, they're not there in the actual printout, so I won't point <laughs> at you. But um, I had eight, I had nine people at my house on Saturday night. Um, I have to screen lots of movies for the Gay and Lesbian Film Festival, and I had picked out four shorts that were really fun. Nine people came. They brought their own food, their own drinks, their own towels to sit around the pool outside and watch the big 15-foot screen. There were about 10 feet between each little seating place, and wow. most people kept their masks on until technically about half of them, once they settled into their distant space to watch the Drink. movie. It's really hard to eat <laughs> pizza through a mask. Yes. So, But I didn't freak out afterwards. Nobody there freaked out. We've tried to go out to dinner a couple of times and inevitably somebody is like, nope, I'm out. Mm -hmm. But something, I don't know why we felt safe and we could be wrong, but did you guys feel okay? I felt comfy with it. You know, I, I felt very safe as well. You know, and, and the thing I, I think was, a, you've got a, a lovely backyard with a lot of space, so we yeah. didn't have to get close to each other. Yeah. You know, the fact that we weren't going in all the time to make our own drinks. I brought my little uh, blender bottle sippy cup of, of bourbon and Coke. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, we also brought some pizza as well. And we actually brought one pizza for Garrett and me and then another pizza for everyone else that no one ate, so we ended up taking it back. I didn't and touch it. And it was nice. Um, the one thing that, that, that Garrett and I have decided that we're comfortable dining out at a place that has a patio. And yeah. I want to give a shout out to 18.8. That's the place that we've gone twice now. It's the place that's probably going to become, I mean, it was already one of our regular places. But there really are, you know, Willie Rhino over there is really doing it right. Their tables on the patio are very well spaced. Um, the entire staff is wearing masks all the time. I've never seen someone take one off. Yeah. It is the one place that we feel comfortable. And, you know, as good as Willie is doing, we don't even feel comfortable eating inside yet. Right. And he's got a, you know, very large restaurant, but outside on the patio, you know, later reservation, it's been lovely. And the other thing I did, obviously, is I got a haircut um, at the Palm Springs Fines Men's Salon, I believe it's called, uh, the former 188. They're in the middle of changing their name. Mm -hmm. And I went in last week and got my haircut after for the first time in four months, as you can see. And again, all masks, precautions, they had temporary masks they would give you so they didn't accidentally clip off the end of your mask. 
um, and they did a very good job. So, you know, it's good to see a lot of businesses, especially in Palm Springs, opening responsibly. And, and you know, there there have been a couple of instances I won't mention where we felt less than comfortable going to a place um, where people weren't wearing masks or they were taking them off. And, um, but I can say that 18.8 and, um, and 8.49, all these numbers um, did a very fantastic job and I thank them for that. Well, 8.49 and Jake's, I ate outside at Jake's yes. on the patio too. And they had the paper menu that no one else yep. has held and the masks and the distance and the, so it's happening out there. I have not been to a restaurant uh, for a sit down meal. But I did go Friday to the gym and um, World Gym, and I, they took my temperature on the way in, which is another problem here in the, the desert where no your air, ambient temperature outside is of 109 degrees. You get in a car, drive a mile to go to the gym. It's not cool by the time you get there. So I walked in at like 103, and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> if I had a 99, I wouldn't have gotten out of bed. But anyway, I, I said, I'll just go over here for five minutes. The AC, it was like you know, 98.9. But that is a problem. They're, they're doing uh, temperatures as you uh, walk into Street Bar. I had a uh, cocktail with Brad, uh, Brad Fur, and uh, we sat at, it was kind of like having a, a drink at a bank. You know, with plexiglass, <laughs> yes, everywhere. you know, all around. And, uh, you know, we were a distance and the bartender was on the other side of a, of a plexiglass barrier. I felt cool with that. Uh, 501 I've been to and they have outdoor tables and they are distanced. Um, I, did, I did go to Hunter's, had a whole banquet with my friends Domo and Ed distanced. And we had Alexa Steele, the drag queen, uh, delivering drinks with her sparkly mask. But I think what it comes down to is if you don't feel comfortable, just turn around and walk out. And uh, there were places where I did not feel comfortable and did just that. I'm not gonna, yeah. not gonna shame them. We, I, do you know anybody who doesn't have the facts on this? Sure. Like, well, you do? I do. I mean, they're not my close friends, but they're posting on my page how sneezing in a mask and breathing in a mask makes you re-inhale your own cooties or whatever, <laughs> for God's sake. So, yeah, I know some people like that, but they're not smart people. <laughs> well, they're, they're mis I, I don't know about that, but they're just misinformed. I mean, you know, if I see someone else post on social media that you're going to get carbon dioxide poisoning from wearing a mask... One, I'm going to probably, you know, throw my computer across the room, which wouldn't be good for me or my computer. But, you know, medical professionals have been wearing masks in situations like this for years. Right. Somehow they've survived. It's the medical professionals that are telling people they need to wear masks. It's, you know, and then, and then the other thing that, that drives me crazy is that it's a violation of constitutional freedoms to make someone wear a mask which is insane. That's not accurate. There's nothing in the Constitution. You know, there's not the mask amendment in the Bill of Rights. There isn't? That's insane. You have to wear shoes, you know, no, shoot, no, no shirt, no shoes, no service. Mm -hmm. Well, you can do that with masks, too, because yeah. it's not really protecting you. It's protecting other people. That's how masks are most effective, is it keeps whatever is in you from getting out and infecting other people. And you don't know for sure you don't have COVID-19 unless you were tested and got instant results right then and there. And even then, there's about a 5% inaccuracy rate on the tests. So wear a damn mask. Sorry, yeah. I'm on my soapbox again. I'll get off. Yes, you are. Yeah, I am. Very well said. And, and the thing is, you know, we all have different um, comfort zones. And what I'm, I'm not real happy seeing people shame other people mm -hmm. for their decision. Um, you know, maybe if it's, you know, not wearing a mask. I, I don't know. It's just we see a lot of people with a lot of free time putting people on blast. Um, and if you really feel that strongly, I think you should just send a personal and you really care about that person's welfare. Send them a direct message. How about that Supreme Court? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I can't believe twice. DACA, too, right? Yes, that it's was headed to today. DACA. Yeah, amazing. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. Yeah, it's good news. Well, Brian, I mean, come on. Do you want to comment on what this has been 
affecting you with all of this? Like, how does it seep into your daily life? What specifically? I'm talking about all the race issues and all the change oh. and all the, like, yeah. the struggle, the fight, and the magic. Yeah. You know, obviously, I could take several different directions with this answer. I'll say this much. I'll say that... um being a man of color living in America, right? I think that um, we're just kind of conditioned to deal with these things. Yep. Um, so it's kind of just normal for us. Um, I will say that watching uh, the reactions of other people has been pretty fascinating. Um, seeing a lot of people speak up and there's, I can actually sit back and be quiet and watch others kind of speak and uh, say things that, um, that I might say that are in line with how I feel. So that is something that I, in my 29 years of living, have never witnessed. Just kidding. Um, is, is the other side of it, is, is another um, group really standing up and speaking out for us, which is folks like you. So it's just, it's been hair raising. And I was talking to Dolores Robinson. I know you know who that is. And um, she's obviously got a few years on us. And she was like, this is positive, change is coming, get excited. And I was like, what? I was like, are you kidding? Because I've been waiting to hear that from somebody like her. So right. as bizarre as, and as, as twisted as it, as it is, right, there is some silver lining. And um, that's where my focus has really been. Although this hangings of black men lately has been freaking me out. I've never been scared to leave my house, but I said I locked all the doors. It's starting to affect me, but I, I want to stay positive. It seems impossible to imagine that those were two suicides. I mean, just, I haven't seen one bit of evidence in any direction, but wait, six? Six now. Around the nation. Still two in SoCal, but now six around the nation. What? I missed that somehow. Yeah. It's, there's no way that's a coincidence. They're just, there's not. No, and there's so much cover-up involved, it's head-spinning, and that's where the problem lies, is this kind of, uh, you know, this force, which is, I don't want to get too much into that, but. I know, but you, we need to push, 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 and not stop pushing, because. It's scary, that's is... why you see, that's why you don't see a lot of black people, the Al Sharptons, you know, we should be in droves, but we're, a lot of us are programmed to just kind of be scared, because when you speak out, then you're nervous, you know? Yeah. Uh, we saw uh, some something pretty special here in Palm Springs, uh, when the, the kids basically led the way with the big march a couple of weeks ago at Ruth Hardy Park. That, that, was, that was some uh, silver lining, as you say. That was that was pretty uh, positive, and, and it made me feel good about the future, because they get it. And I just Can want to you add do that, an interview, uh, Jimmy? Can yes, you do we an just inter posted yesterday at cvindependent.com. We did a series of um, three uh, interviews, well, which will actually serve as our July cover story, which will be hitting the streets starting late next oh, week. Oh, good. Um, with three uh, protest organizers in the Coachella Valley. Um, first, we interviewed Angel Marino, who was one of the organizers of the Palm Desert protest, the right. one that scared the heck out of everyone because it was planned for yeah. Paseo, and no one, no one knew who was doing it. And it turned out it was a local group of young people, and they just were overwhelmed by everything going on and having to move their protest because of the idiotic curfew that was put in place for that day. Um, and then we talked to Aaron Turan, um, who helped pro helped organize the Indio protest. It was actually originally scheduled for the same time as the Palm Desert protest, but due to the curfew, they delayed it to last Tuesday, and it was apparently amazing. And then finally, um, we posted it yesterday, we talked to Aurele Galvez. She was the 16-year-old who, if you were at the protest, gave that amazing speech where she started out talking as if she were in the, in the shoes of George Floyd, and then went on to, you know, just blew everyone away with her speech. Well, we, we talked and we talked about some of her own personal experiences with racism as a 16-year-old mixed-race kid that goes to La Quinta High School and how she's had problems on the basketball court playing basketball and had to have her mom step in to keep her from getting suspended um, do, do an incident on the court and stuff like that. So that piece is at cvindependent.com right now and it'll be in the print edition. But, you know, these are all young Coachella Valley residents, or, or two of the three are, are young. Um, Aaron is a little older, but still fairly young, um, that weren't really big activists before. And this has really spurred them to act. And if you think of all Good. the work that it takes to put on a protest and get sunscreen and get speakers and get you know sound systems, 
it's pretty amazing what these people have accomplished and continue to accomplish. And, you know, you look at the turnouts that they're getting and um, the, the Young Justice Advocates of the Desert, Aurelius Group, they're actually doing a barbecue on Saturday at Francis Stevens Park, the one in Alejo and Palm Desert. They're actually doing a Juneteenth, a day late, okay. a barbecue at five oh. o'clock. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, keep an eye because Young Justice Advocates is, they have a Facebook page. They're getting all kinds of good information passing through. They're so smart. That yeah. speech he did was mind blowing. Yeah. There's also a poem up on their page that another one of their organizers did that's so grown up and smart and spectacular. So Young Justice Advocates is where you find them. Yes. Now we'd like to bring in somebody special, someone I've loved for years. He has been all, had his hands in all kinds of things around the community, but always in stuff that is at the core of what is important to people from Palm Springs. From the Desert Healthcare District, please welcome Will Dean. Yay! Hi, Shan. Good morning. Hello, honey. So I first met you, or I first remember meeting you through Desert Outlook. I may have met you long before that, but tell us how you wound up here. Um, I think it was before that because um, I came to the desert in 2007, and I came to work for the Desert Sun. And at first, I was one of their community news editors. I had a small team of reporters who would uh, report on Palm Springs, the Cathedral City, and they did that for the weekly publications. And then about midway into that, uh, 2012, we launched Desert Outlook magazine, and I was the editor of that for six years. And that came through the Desert Sun, but it was a queer-focused magazine that came out once a month? Once a month. And it was. it was, yeah, and it was the very first LGBTQ magazine published by the USA Today Network. Amazing. Yeah. It was beautiful. You did everything from art to hard-hitting stuff. We loved reading it. You were in there. Brian was in there. Yeah. Yep. I'm sure. I was new to the desert. Thank you again for that opportunity. Of course. Yeah. So now you're with Desert Healthcare District, and I'm not sure if I've got all my facts right, but it's it it's uh, Desert Regional is affiliated with or the same thing as, and then are you under, what's the big umbrella? Help me get it right. Okay, so I joined uh, the Desert Healthcare District and Foundation two years ago this month and celebrating my anniversary. Wow. Um, and what it is, the, um, the district is a public agency and we have very little affiliation with Desert Regional other than owning the campus, the building and the grounds. Uh, and then we lease it to tenant and tenant operates it. Whatever goes on there in terms of staffing and services is really tenant's call. Okay, and tenant is one of the biggest healthcare conglomerate, I don't know if conglomerate is the right word, in the country, right? It really is. Yeah, it's huge. They have hospitals all over the country. They're, they're based out of Dallas, I think, Dallas, Texas. Okay. So tell us a little bit about how this has, how Desert Healthcare District has interacted with COVID and the Palm Springs community. Well, as you can imagine, being a healthcare district, we really had to be out there from the beginning. And we have been. We have a great new CEO who is a medical doctor, trained as a medical doctor, Conrado Barzaga. And he has, he very much believes in collaboration. He very much believes in being out there in the community. We've worked with a lot of different uh, local organizations to respond to COVID-19, uh, such as Lift Arise and the Regional Access Project Foundation all of the federally qualified health centers. And what we've been doing is we've been providing funding for testing. A lot of the tests that have been provided early on were the result of our financial support. Uh, we've been active with Lift to Rise in providing emergency cash for families affected by COVID-19. Wow. Uh, and now they have this great program of rental assistance so that if you can't pay your rent, you're having difficulty because of COVID, then you can apply to get assistance for that. I think it's up to maybe $3,400 or something like that. Um, so yeah, just involved from the very beginning. And a lot of what we do is behind the scenes. You, you're not gonna see um, the district out there a lot just by the nature of what we do. It's about supporting nonprofits. 
So we've been supporting them by providing funding to them so that they can continue to have their staff and they can keep the lights on during this time because everybody was affected by the stay-at-home order, yeah. which we're glad about. It. It's kept a lot of us safe, but at the same time, it also affected the bottom line for a lot of organizations. What that could makes we be all the difference. Go ahead, John. What could we be doing better? I think we could, I think the basic stuff that we heard in the beginning about washing your hands and wearing the mask, the masks, that has surprised me. That's become this political thing where people are very adamant about not doing it. And, um, you know, I, I live downtown Palm Springs and so I walk every morning and I'm just walking around in Starbucks and usually yeah. I, I, usually I think there are people who are visiting who, I think you, when you visit here, you have the resort vacation mindset. You're leaving your life behind, COVID behind, so the rules don't apply here. Right. We, we know this is a community. We live here, <laughs> so the rules do apply. So I just wish um, people would be you know, respectful of all the rules. The city has been really good about telling businesses, you know, put the signs up. People have to wear a mask before you come in. I just wish, wish that people would respect that. We are a yeah. fragile community and precious, but, yes. but fragile. Yes. Well, and you're not on vacation from COVID. You're bringing your COVID here. So put right. your damn mask on if you want to visit, please. We beg you, tourists. Exactly. And Will, I'd like to ask you about something else that, um, that Dr. Barraza did that surprised me in a good way recently. And that is that he actually put out a statement. The headline, I was looking it up on my computer, is CEO statement racism contributes to our public health crisis and yeah. the fact that that the ceo of a public health care district said that which is so important i i was i was surprised by it but pleasantly surprised by it can you talk about that a little bit yeah i was uh very proud of our district and of our ceo for doing that and dr brasaga is actually a man of color he's cuban born um raised in cuba and came to i think the states in maybe 2000 or 2001 and so it was very important for him to put that statement out because there are a lot of studies that show, and maybe Brian can consider this maybe resonate with you as well. A lot of times when I hear about any health conditions, any diseases, the last line may be, and the black community is disproportionately affected. And I'm like, for me, you know, being a black American, I always think, oh my God, what is it? Why the worst things for us all the time? Yeah. But a lot of it has to do with just the stress of living with racism and discrimination every day. And that takes a real toll on your physical health and your mental health. And that's what this statement was about, that we really need to address this if we want a healthy community, which is what the district is all about. We're about advancing community wellness for everyone in the Coachella Valley, including people of color, including marginalized communities. And so when you look at heart disease and you look at diabetes and you look at a lot of these um, health conditions, there is a disproportionate number of African-Americans who are affected. And one of, the, one of the main contributors is the stress of living with this every day when you walk out of your home just not knowing what you're going to encounter, whether it be um, law enforcement or anyone else. Yeah, and it's real. You can't even like say, oh, don't be scared. It's not, it's real, it's everywhere. And for the first time, people are catching a clue, a little bit. Aren't you scared to hope? I am a little, I'm encouraged, but also a little bit uh, reluctant um, yeah. to, just, to just get excited about it. Um, but I am, you know, I'm reading even posts on social media. People are really, and I'll say non-people of color, white people um, that I know who are really posting heartfelt um, messages about their experiences, about really coming to understand what privilege is for the first time. And that's really encouraging to me. It's almost as if the, the COVID has given people a pause in all of the everyday things that that take up their time and their psychic energy and they've been able to actually l sort of look inward at themselves and the big picture of life you know when have we ever had a time out like never. this yeah never yeah. exactly and i think i think people of good uh of good will have had the time 
to to really think about things for the first time instead of being on a treadmill. Right. So if there is a silver lining, I hate to call it that, but maybe that said, this year, oh my God, what we're living through, 2020, can you believe this? It's incredible. It's going to be in the history books. It's like, yeah. yeah. I want to thank you so much for coming in. I would love to have you back again and touch base and see what's happening with the healthcare district. People can find that at DC, no, DCH, oh, D, DCHD.org, no, yes? DHCD.org. Okay. Wait a second, let's let's, let's just do it, because that's too many letters. (laughs) Will Dean, I thank you so much for coming in and sharing with us today. You can find the Desert Healthcare District at DHCD.org, and keep your eyes out for Will Dean, who will be working with every little project. We see you everywhere and we're always glad. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Shan. Thank you, John. It's nice to see your face. You too. Bye. Bye, honey. Next on I Love Gay Palm Springs today, we have the beautiful LaShawn McGee. And uh, hello, girl. Hey. And she is one of the founders of Reverie, which is the first, I think, worldwide queer streaming platform and totally amazing. I've had a couple of opportunities to cross paths with you. Uh, we brought you on a Vakaya cruise to show off one of your films and basically nobody knew. Um, and I, I will apologize forever that we didn't get the attention we wanted on that, but your content is amazing. Your business structure, how you thought it and created it impresses the hell out of me. Talk to me a little bit about Reverie, if you will, please. So Reverie is Queer TV 24-7 and on demand. We have live channels that are free to watch with ads, and as well as we have subscription for movies, shows, news, podcasts, um, originals, and much, much more, as, for, as well as music, which a lot of, um, a lot of services are not doing. Um, so we have the largest library of queer indie music artists on our platform. And basically, we saw a need. Apple TV, of several years back, like made it possible for anyone to build an app and to put it on their store. And when that happened and we went and we looked for lesbian, gay, bi, transgender, we looked for content related to the community and there were no entertainment apps related to the community whatsoever. So we decided at the end of 2015 to, to build one. And so in, we, we decided at the end of 2015, we were launched by Pride of 2016. And we haven't looked back. So how do people get the, it's an app that you would go to the app store to get for Reverie? Yeah. I mean, for the most part, if you have a device that you watch content on, Reverie mm-hmm. has an app that's available for you to watch. Mm-hmm. So on any, any, of your, any of your iPhones or Android phones, on Apple TV, on Amazon Fire, on Roku, um, we're Ooh. finishing up our Android. We're coming, coming new to Samsung TV. Um, and we also have some live channels that are on um, Little Star, actually. I want to talk about that one because that one's really exciting. So we're getting ready to launch our app with, uh, well, actually, it's launched. But we're getting ready to, to really ramp up our production. Yes, that's it. I know. So easy. That's Just it. search it in your app store. It's right search there. Search it in your app store. You'll see that. You'll see that. You can you can mm-hmm. either either subscribe or you can just watch content for free. Um, we have a good free offering, and the linear channels are really, really, really fascinating. I just hit get. See, get and it's Reverie. Uh, it's your own word. It's not Reverie. It's R E V R Y. Yeah. And everybody watching right now, make sure to grab your phone right now and download. Yes. That's yeah. right. Do it now. You'll get hooked on something. Oh, I have to. I have to confirm with double click on slide button. There, <laughs> it's downloading right now. Lashawn, what what is uh, new on Reverie? What is a piece of content that is uh, fresh and new that you are really amped up about? Well, this Saturday, um, the twentieth of June, we're going to be launching a content, a piece of content called Submission Possible. I watched it. It is, first of all, there's, there's something she says in the very beginning, Madison Young, who's, who's, who's um, called the Queen of Kink. Um, she says she's going on a tour to kink. And I was like, <laughs> from, not only was it already like, like, oh, this is interesting. Where are we going? And then she said that. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, well, how could I not want to watch this show? I'm so down. 
that's kind of how we how we were when we when we, when we found it and when we you know began conversations with Madison about releasing it on Reverie and stuff like that. And basically, it highlights and kind of sh it sheds light on a community that you don't really get to see um, portrayed in a positive light yeah. or portrayed in a way that is is sex positive because mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be this negative taboo thing. And that's exactly what the show was telling you. Like Madison, Madison talks to people who are practitioners and, and partakers of that environment. And it's really fantastic. Cool. It it's, really uh, is. It's called Submission Impossible. No, submission, submission possible. possible. Oh, okay. For me, it might be impossible. <laughs> After you watch, you may change your mind. Oh, I might. All right. So Tips and tricks and all kinds of interesting stuff and just delving into sex magic and yeah. like so many layers of the kind of conversation that we, even as queers who are totally out and whatever, it isn't a conversation that a lot of us have. I certainly have it all the time. Sex but. positive alone. Those are two words right? I've never heard together. And uh, that really uh, kind of raised an ear for me. So that's really, really fascinating. I think we are in a golden age right now of content. And I think it's awesome what you're doing. And I love, like Shan said, the inclusiveness of it. It really is like very, very Well, diverse. and part of why it's so inclusive is because you built it that way. You have a legitimately diverse set of founders. Give me a quickie on that, if you will. Um, okay, so I'm, I'm a black queer woman. We have um, a black um, ally. Um, Damien is, is a gay man and uh, Chris is, is gay and um, Latino, so um, we we all we were already friends prior to starting it, and we had already worked on you know another entertainment video related project. And when this came around, it was it was just it was just seamless. So we all came together and and to build it. But that was one of the things that we also wanted was representation because representation matters. So you know people need to have a place where they can see themselves represented, where their story can be told, where you know our goal is to find those stories like Submission Possible, where you know you're talking about things that people don't get to hear about. Like everybody's queer life is not the same. And yeah. so that's the kind of thing we want to see because even though I'm not a part of whatever community it is, like one of the things when we first started um, was, was uh, you know, oh, well, lesbians don't like bears. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, that is the most ridiculous statement I've ever heard. Lesbians are almost bears. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, especially on my end of the lesbian spectrum. Yeah, right. that's pretty true. So <laughs> we got extra hair. We're a little curvy. We like to bond <laughs> and nurture and eat. Come on. <laughs> this is the thing. So, so it's like it's a, like kind of ridiculous that we have these kind of self-imposed sort of like shackles, if you will, on our community. Whereas, as far as I'm concerned, self-imposed. Sorry. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But if it's good, I'm gonna watch. All it needs to be is good. And to be honest, that is what's true about our audience across the board because it doesn't matter whether you are a part of the queer community or an ally of the queer community. If you if the story moves you or if the characters are interesting or if you're learning something, you're gonna watch. And and that that is really the goal. So one last touch on the issue of the race change that's going on, whether or not you feel brave enough to even hope. But more importantly, to touch on the fact that what you're providing is the kind of education that privileged people can allow to absorb in tiny amounts. Like, it's sad to think that, you know, TV is how people learn things really well, but it's true. And you have that vehicle. Talk to us a little about how the race issue is dealing through you and Reverie. Um, I mean, while I'm while I'm sad about a lot of the things that are happening and and frustrated and angry about the things that are happening, I I do I am hopeful about the awareness that's happening for people who either were willingly blind or absolutely blind to what was actually actually happening in this country. And so the one of one of our things at Reverie is that you know representation and being able to see someone's story humanizes a person. So it's yeah. hard to demonize somebody that you've never met if you're looking at their story and you can see how human they are and how relatable the situations are based on your own your own life. And so everybody is kind of having the same 
life experience, we're just putting all of these additional layers on it to separate everything, and none of that is necessary. And I also want to talk about, um, Reverie was selected as one of 14 for um, Goldman Sachs' inaugural um, Black and Latinx cohort. So what they did was, Amazing. believe it or not, two years ago, they, Goldman Sachs sat down and said, you know, we're looking at the landscape of business and this doesn't make any sense. Everything is geared towards investment in businesses that are run by mostly white men and a handful of white women, and we need to do something about it. So the cohort actually in Goldman's eyes started for them two years ago. And they launched it in May, which is before all of this eruption actually happened. So actually, I think we found out at the end of April. But it was it was before all of this was happening. And so I really want to applaud them for the for the for for actually doing the work. Because it's one thing to say, you know, I support, it's another thing to change your icon, it's another thing to, you know, all these other things that people do that are, you know, so that you know, awareness take your steps, make your move. Yes, yes, do those things. However, you actually have to put that into action. And Goldman did that. And they, they, were, they were ahead of the curve and they were thinking about this already. And I, I love the fact that they understood how important this is to support um, black and brown founders um, of companies who have a harder time um, getting investment um, in, that, in the VC community and in investment communities. All right, well, it's Reverie, R-E-V-R-Y, Queer TV 24-7, with live programming, originals, musics, movies, podcasts, and news. It is really, really cool. I've just installed it. So I feel like I'm a, a technical maven myself. Thank you so much, LaShawn, for being with us on the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast. We wish you nothing but success. Whether I'm going to reach out to you, LaShawn. Expect oh, my yeah. call. All right. Oh, yeah. We'll be we'll watching. Talk. We'll be yeah. watching. Please do. We're also an official uh, sponsor of um, of the streaming for for Global Pride. So that's another place where once you get Reverie, you're going to be able to check it out, and that's going to be great. Hosted by Taja Paul and Joe Biden, I love him. as well as Nancy Pelosi and Justin Justin Trudeau. Nice, super. Congratulations. We're rooting for you. We'll be yeah. watching. Thanks, and I hope we can have you back. Yes, absolutely. Anytime. Bye, LaShawn. Bye, bye. Next on I Love Gay Palm Springs, we have Allie McCarthy. She is an actress in a movie that's in Shortfest right now in Palm Springs. Shortfest is produced by the International Film Festival, and uh, the show is called I Love Your Guts. Is that right? Yep, I love your guts. I love your guts, and I watched it, and it racked my guts. <laughs> <laughs> oh Allie, my gosh, us... you have to catch this one. All right, Allie, us... tell us a little bit about yourself and the film. Um, so I am uh, an 18-year-old actress. I moved from Minneapolis, Minnesota to Los Angeles about two years ago. And I was cast in I Love Your Guts in December. Or December. We felt, what day is it? <laughs> what year is it? 2020. Right, right, right. Um, actually, I think it was like September. Um... Yeah, that was a while ago. But yeah, it was so fun. I had no idea just how, what I was in for, basically. <laughs> Our director had a clear vision in his head of what he wanted, and that is what we made. And it was a crazy ride. Without spoilers, your... what, what is, uh, what, you know, give us your elevator pitch if you were selling this short. Yeah, is it horrible? Okay. What was that? Is it horror? I hear the word guts. That's where my head is going. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, kind of. <laughs> it's horrifying, <laughs> if not horror. <laughs> right? It's not I mean, all we, horrifying. No, there's, there's a, a little ending. crush. There's a little attempt at manifesting that crush. And then some hoodlum. What, what can I say? I'm scared <laughs> to say anything. <laughs> okay, so basically it's two girls who are working in a diner and they're kind of, they're working the night shift and they're best friends because of it. And one of the girls um, falls in love with the other girl and the other girl just announced that she was leaving. So my character was, I'm the one in love. So my character's like, oh, maybe I should, the entire film, I'm like, maybe I should confess like, me liking her before she leaves and then this drunk guy comes in and 
kind of ruins it all. <laughs> and we'll leave it. Um, we'll leave it at that because it sounds like anything I'm, more would be spoiler alerts. Yeah, I can't even but it tell what's ringing. <laughs> Shan, Shan's phone or something so is going on. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> There's two phones and two laptops, and I could not figure out what was ringing. Will you say that last sentence again? My apologies. Um, it just it goes to show what people working at those overnight places have to deal with, especially with fast food. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's I'll a pretty weird way. world after a certain hour. That's why you should it's never so be long. anywhere after midnight because nothing good happens. Right. And during filming, we had a lot of people. So we were filming in this diner that was closed down. And while we were filming, we had a lot of people come in and just, or not come in, but like start banging on the diner and like trying to look in, see what we're doing. And some really sketchy people out there at 2 a.m. Well, it sounds like you've done pretty darn well after uh, coming from, uh, you know, the Midwest and, and arriving in Hollywood and getting cast as a, a major character in a short that's making the festival rounds. How can we see it? Yeah, so I know that it's only available for a few days online right now, but it's on the Palm Springs Film Fest website. Right. Cool. Film.org slash 2020 dash shortfest. Oh my God, how did that come out of there? <laughs> she knows. <laughs> All right. Well, Allie McCarthy, thank you so much for being with us. And I, I see a very bright future. Remember us when. Thank you yeah. so much. <laughs> oh super engaging film. Super, super engaging short film. So thank good you. luck, honey. Thank you so much, you guys. I think it's going to be a new a new genre, not not horror, but horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> horrifying. <laughs> Reflects our times. Yes. Definitely. Before we go, we we want to uh, wish Brad farewell on his uh, trip back to see his folks, and he'll be back on the uh, show next week. And I wanted to just give a little love to this lady. Shan Carr has got her Big Gay Scavenger Hunt at Home Edition, and that's going to be Saturday? That's Saturday at 4 o'clock. You log on. We have all kinds of crazy things you have to find inside your own house, and you can see everybody else. So as I give you the instruction, you see everybody run away from their computer and come back and find the things. It's a little bit of craziest, craziness. As your head is in the middle of the flyer, I'm thinking it's a Skagger hot something. <laughs> no, but, it's, uh, the, it's the Shan Carr's Hunt at Home Edition. And you can go to Gay Desert Guide or I Love Gay Palm Springs and click on it from there and enjoy it. Also, while, while I'm getting the shout out, Friday at 7.30, I will be performing four comedians and a magician walk into a bar. Is that Actually, comedy at the river? Is that yeah, the one? Yeah, we're going to oh. be at the river. It'll be outside. There's room for 300 people to sit, and I'm sure less than a third of that will show up. We're looking for masks and distance in the audience. The comedians will be very far away from you, and you would not enjoy a comedy show with a mask. So the comedians who are quite a, a way apart. Also, I just watched a comedian. Damn, the Chappelle special. Mm -hmm. I just have to say, if you haven't seen it, you got to watch the Dave Chappelle special. It's I think it's called 846, which I thought it was 847, but you know. Um watch that. It's on Netflix. We also have Voices of Hope. Uh that's going to be tomorrow and uh Kristen Chenoweth and uh oh god, Ann Hampton Calloway and Betty Buckley, all these Broadway people and Voices of Hope is a fundraiser for Desert AIDS Project. It's going to be tomorrow uh, at 7 p.m. And I have one more shout out with graphic for the Desert Rose Playhouse tote bag fundraiser. You can see our uh, disco queen of the desert right Jill there. Jill Langham. Jill Langham modeling with Ted Guise, uh, some of these masks. We had um, uh, Clay Sales on the show, uh, and he was the guy that made like the hunky fireman mask and the hunky cowboy mask with glitter and i just got the disney um what's her name from little mermaid oh ursula the sea witch anyway they've made matching tote bags that come with the matching mask in these great fabrics and right. uh they have an etsy store and it's right there the just go to etsy and look for desert rose playhouse fundraiser Tote bag is a good idea because nobody can see the matching panties anyway. So tote bag. <laughs> That's what I got Jimmy? for shout outs. Jimmy? 
Well, um, I, you guys kind of took mine. I was going to talk about Voices of Hope. Um, it's actually a free show. You don't have to pay anything, but it is a fundraiser for Desert AIDS Project. They're also encouraging people while they're watching Voices of Hope to uh, get takeout from one of the normal dining out for life restaurants. Um, none of the proceeds of that are going to DAP. They just want to support our amazing local restaurants that support the community as well. So, um, and if you go to, I believe it's desertaidsproject.org slash hope, you can register and sign up for that. You can read an interview at cvindependent.com with Max Mitchell, the organizer of the show that Shan's taking part in on Friday. And um, so, yeah, you kind of stole my thunder there. Well, those I'm are my so two happy. shout outs and, and you guys took them as well. But um, lots going on this weekend virtually. Ooh, man, that is some I skill see. on the coloring book. That is amazing. All right. CVindependent.com is where you can get the coloring book. It is fabulous with all of the local Coachella Valley images. And this was not made by me, but it's the hummingbird. I want to thank Aaron. We'll put this on the refrigerator. <laughs> That's some give, talent. Give him a coloring book and some crayons and the, uh, yeah, keeps him busy. <laughs> and we need to keep busy during this time. That's what happens when you're living with twinks. You have to get them a coloring book and, you know, <laughs> so it goes. Brian, what you got to shout out to town today? Um, let's see. So Friday uh, at 5 o'clock, viewers, if you've got some time and you want to find a way to get back locally, I'll be hosting virtually a concert for um, the Children's Discovery Museum of the Desert. So go to uh, cvcovidrelief.com if you want to participate. And uh, we're looking to raise 35000 bucks, And we have a generous donor who will match that. And again, all the proceeds go to the uh, Discovery Museum. So, and there's a little image. I don't know if you can see that, but that's, yeah. that's my plug. And then one more uh, plug, just um, thank you to you guys and to all the allies of uh, black folks out there that are really uh, doing what they can to try to find ways to make a change. So that's huge. And that's my real shout out right there. Well, we, we were so thrilled <laughs> that you were available. I know you have a busy schedule, globe trotting, you know, now from your kitchen on Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I know we already mentioned 849 as having a great space, but what some folks may not know, I happen to have a friend who has a couple of special needs kids at home, and she was furloughed from her job, and she has been receiving, <clears throat> excuse me, she has been receiving meals from 849 every single day. They get a wow. box with a breakfast, a lunch, and a dinner, wow. and uh, uh, unbelievable. It's all been... She's like, wow, this is way healthier than I like to eat. <laughs> um, I believe that's part so of the Great Plates program. she has been supplementing it. What? I believe that's part of the Great Plates program, correct? It is. It yes. is. So she's been, you know, supplementing it with potato chips for balance. <laughs> uh, she just, I mean, she's been really, uh, really grateful to have that. So yet another shout out to 849. And again, Jake's, I enjoyed the patio and it was a beautiful place to be. So... We're all out there trying to make our way in a brand new world. Well, you gave us a lot of reasons why we love Gay Palm Springs. We want to thank you for being with us on our 50th podcast, and we will check uh, check you all out next week. And uh, till then, be happy, be safe, and as Alexander Rodriguez says, be tipsy. Wash your hands. Thanks for listening to the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast. Like us on Facebook at I Love Gay Palm Springs and on the homepage of GayDesertGuide.com.